0: What's up, sports ballers? Welcome to the latest edition of Sportsball. In this one, Andrew and I take a look at uh, the Boston Red Sox won the World Series. Like, okay, great. How do we feel about baseball and where it kind of stands in the the sports world? We also take a look at midseason NFL trades, the college football rankings, the absolute dumpster fire going on at the University of Maryland, as well as a recap of Andrew's trip to the NASCAR race in Kansas City. Stay tuned. It's a good one. Thanks for listening.
1: Good evening, Cam. Well, hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How was your Halloween treated you?
0: Uh, It was pretty good. It was uh, beautiful outside, nice fall weather, lots of... Kids running around, everyone in a good mood. It was rather enjoyable, I would say.
1: Good. Good to hear. We turned off our porch light.
0: <laughs> you did, huh? Didn't want to deal with the uh, the madness?
1: Eh, not when you have a dog. It will go crazy at every chance he gets.
0: Yeah, see, we left our dogs here and went to a different neighborhood to go out with some friends. So I'm sure that we left our porch light off as well. Um, but I'm sure they were still losing their minds mm-hmm.
1: with all of the, you know. To and fro. This and the, the 4th of July get them. Say that again? This this and the 4th of July get, oh, get the best oh my, of dogs. You know? Oh my gosh, yes. It's quite funny to watch a 80-pound dog quiver in fear when fireworks are going off. But somehow, um, Santa does not draw a peep out of them when he arrives. Well,
0: must not be much of a clatter that arises. This must not be. Anyways... It's been it's been two weeks and
1: there's been a lot going on in the sports world that we've missed. It has been. This is like, uh, well, what I, what what did they call it? The, um, not an eclipse. I believe an equinox that we have. Essentially, all well as of the other day, we had all five major sports leagues in action, as well as college football, and now we're just a week away from college basketball starting. Indeed, there's. There is much to be discussed. Uh, so, first
0: of all, um, I, the Red Sox won the World Series, I guess?
1: Yeah, I mean, outside of the 18-inning game on uh, Friday night, that was a fairly underwhelming World Series. And, I didn't even I f-
0: realize that they won. I thought they were still going because I didn't hear anything about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, these. Um, I think these playoffs – I think highlighted just where baseball stands in the American sports landscape. Um, I, I don't recall there being less buzz around a world series in, in quite some time. Now to an outsider's perspective in 2015, when it was the Royals and the Mets, that may not have moved the needle much, but as an invested fan, I certainly cared. And then you had, um, I guess what, two years with the, Oh no, 16. You had the Cubs, Seventeen, you had the Astros and the Dodgers, and uh, and then this year, um, you know the Red Sox, the Red Sox and the Dodgers. So two major markets, but yeah, for whatever reason, the the entire playoffs and then the World Series, I felt like just just did not gain much momentum. Yeah, it it was.
0: I watched Game One. Because we were over at my in-law's house, and so we are just chilling, watching it. And it was a good game. And then I watched portions of Game 2. And then when I went out to L.A., I didn't watch a single game. I just, you know, yep. was busy doing other stuff and really wasn't that interested. And then, like I said, I had no idea the series was even over. I went to ESPN.com to do some research for the show. And there wasn't even anything about the World Series. I had to go to the base, the Major League Baseball section, and scroll down to figure out who won. I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess it's over."
1: Yeah, and I think it. Um, you know, if, there are there are leagues and there are sports that don't have the most exciting of regular seasons, uh, but then oftentimes their playoffs make up for it, like college basketball. But when your regular season doesn't isn't exciting and your playoffs aren't exciting and you are losing in popularity as it is. Um, I I think there's going to be some soul searching around the sport here. It's not an overnight fix either. Well, what, what, what would you like to see
0: um, in order to fix whatever, you know,
1: you think the issues are like,
0: what's, what's, I don't know, top two or three ideas.
1: I think the you have to find a way to eliminate the regionalism of the game. Um uh, I don't know if it's the unbalanced schedule, the fact that they play their divisional teams 18 times in a season. Um I, is the season too long? Yes. Yeah, but you know, it, to a casual fan um how many folks could name two people in the Red Sox lineup or, or even one, let's say one person, your average sports fan, how many could name a person in the Dodgers lineup and a person in the, the Red Sox lineup? Oh, if you surveyed 10 people, how many people could come up with one of each? I would, I think you'd be hard pressed to get five, five out of 10. And so you look at basketball we don't see the same teams on TV every night. We do to an extent with the the Warriors and uh, the
0: Lakers now, and, of and,
1: yeah, and the Lakers now. But <clears throat> you get a good dose of the Thunder. You get a good dose of the Rockets. You get the Knicks. You get the uh, Pelicans. Um, you know, I could name I could name a lot more NBA players off the top of my head than I could Major League Baseball players because we we see the same Major League Baseball teams over and over and over and over. Cubs, Yankees, Cardinals, Dodgers, uh, Red Sox, maybe the Indians. Uh, so, so something has to give in terms of that. Yeah, I was going to make an argument
0: Well, that there's less NBA players than there are Major League Baseball players, just because the roster sizes are smaller. But the the obvious response to that is the NFL. The NFL rosters are way bigger than baseball rosters, and you could name a ton of football players. Right. And, and I mean, it, it's because the NFL is, you know, the most popular professional sport in the country, so, like, it has that going for it. But, yeah, the argument I was going to make just isn't valid. So, yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, I've had this debate with my friend Nick quite a bit, who's like a baseball purist, and uh, I think they should shorten the season. Like there was there was one point I was watching the Cubs um, at the end of the season. It might have even been their wild card playoff game where they had forty seven of the last forty nine days they had work. Right. Yep. They had two days off. Right. In, in almost two months, which is just stupid. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Some of those days are travel days, so you're not necessarily playing, but still it's just, it's insane to schedule. Yeah. And playing, you know, your division teammates, 18 or your, your divisional teams, 18 times a year is just
1: right. I don't that, know, but they're never, of... they're never, they're never going to shorten it because that's lost money. Right. That's lost money. and And the thing is, is, uh, Baseball players are among the most well-paid professional athletes in America. Yeah, cuz there's no, there's
0: no salary cap, so the, the contracts just
1: balloon up. No salary cap and everything's guaranteed. Mhm. Um and so the open market really works. And so yeah, you the, the players are not going to um I I think they're okay with the the schedule. I'm sure that there's a gr- there's a grind to it, but that's where we are, and uh, I think now you, you. There's always been some chatter. I feel like last maybe three, five years. Oh, baseball is boring. It's not going to survive this age of short attention spans. But I think, um, I think this uh, World Series and season was the the absolute red flag that they have to go to work now to to solve this problem.
0: But they already sped the game up, Andrew, uh, by about a minute. Well, I. If I want to intentionally walk someone, I just tell the umpire right I have to wait. yeah mm-hmm. I don't know, we'll see, I mean it'll be interesting, um, I think it's good that teams like Houston and Cleveland have been in Kansas City have been relevant lately, right because it forces the you know the the media to show their games and talk about them, mm-hmm. To your point, where it's not just Red Sox, Yankees, Cubs, Cardinals, right? That's all you ever see. You know what I mean? So I think you're you're totally correct about the regionality of it, and uh, yeah, we'll see. I, you can't do a whole lot of crazy stuff with baseball without fundamentally changing the game. So I think it's all just going to have to be like marketing and propaganda, essentially, to change the opinion mm-hmm. of of the masses, and that's
1: not easily done. No, so. and there was a time not too long ago when when uh, the NBA had its issues. Oh, for sure. You know, whether yeah. it's player behavior, what whatever it was, and you know now, I think you can make a case that it's as popular, if not more popular, than the NFL. Yeah, I would. I would like to see the like.
0: W- <laughs> I guess it would be attendance, revenue, and TV ratings, I guess would be what you would want to compare.
1: Yeah, I mean, you obviously have, oh, I mean, there's 81 NBA games a season. You have 16 football games. So just right there, just the sheer quantity of games makes a difference. And, you know, your TV ratings are not going to be the same. But, yeah, I think you could see it in merchandise sales and – Well, and like – like.
0: You, and you really couldn't do attendance either because NBA stadiums are much smaller than NFL right. stadiums. But you could do like percentage, you know, like sold seats versus empty seats, mm-hmm. uh, fan engagement that way. So, yep. but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, the, I remember in the NBA was it was uh, you know kind of perceived to be a bunch of thugs, right? And just not not good. No one played defense. It, it, some teams don't play defense, but you know when the Warriors want to play defense, they can hold a team under eighty. Right, You know, Um, but yeah, you've got, I mean, you've got guys like LeBron and James Harden and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant um, and teams like the Spurs um, to, like, thank for the turnaround. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, all of those guys I just named, barring anything unknown now coming out in the future, like, all solid guys. Mm Mm-hmm. On and off the court, right? You know, no, no drama. You know, it's not Ron Artest and you know Ben Wallace punching people in the stands at the Palace like when I was in high school. So yeah. Anyways, um,
1: hmm.
0: Yeah, baseball. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next ten years. All right. um, Do you want to hop over to the NFL real quick? We haven't talked about that in a while. Sure. So okay, I don't know if you've noticed about th- this or not, but like in season trades in the NFL are pretty rare. Like when you compared to other sports, how often guys will switch teams. Um, and there was two big trades this week. Uh, Demarius Thomas got traded to the Texans and golden Tate got traded from my Detroit lions to the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, I saw this. And, I just went to the page to check the standings, and it was like, oh, Matt Patricia said trading Golden Tate was a hard choice. I was like, what? Our best receiver? Um, So I guess I want to get your opinions on uh, trades in the NFL during the season, why they seem less common, and then if you have any comments on either of those two trades.
1: I think – I don't think you see it because you – I think at this point – you either know whether you've got it or you don't, and it's not like the baseball trade deadline where you've got two months and maybe you can get a bat inserted in the lineup or, or you can get a a pitcher into your rotation. In football, you know if you're bringing, you know, let's say if the Chiefs brought Golden Tate in as a receiver, well, working him into the offense and trying to improve your offense by you know bringing him in that's a whole lot different than, you know, maybe any other sport in terms of a mid-season trade. And so I think teams now build in the off season or build toward the draft. And unless there's just a clear cut piece that they can add and feel like it can make them better immediately, that just the intricacies of the game make it so that they'd rather, you know, just hedge their bets and, and play with the roster they've got for the remainder of the season yeah i hadn't i hadn't considered the
0: like the impact a new especially like in a skill position right it have with so little time to to adjust to the new offense if there's new vocabulary new scheme concepts new teammates yeah all that stuff like in baseball you trade for a right fielder. Well, he's going to play right field. Right. You know, and it's going to be in right field. And like, there's not, there's not, you know, a different style of offense or defense to be played necessarily in the way that football can be so different. Right. Based on your, you know, if you're an offense, like, okay, is it a West Coast offense? Are you playing, you know, deep balls? Do you run a lot of play action? Do you, am I required to block a lot more on this team as a wide receiver? Or am I running down? Like, there's just so much different stuff. And everyone's got different, you know, code words and lingo and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think yeah. you're spot on.
1: And in baseball, too, I mean, you, the the game changes so much in the playoffs versus the regular season that you're building toward that. So, you're wanting to add maybe a backhand arm. You're wanting to add a, a bat off the bench that maybe you got by with for the first part of the season, not having, but knowing in a seven game series, you've got to position your roster that way. Whereas the NFL, um, you know, you, I think in the playoffs, you want to strengthen your defense. If you can, your office is going to be your offense, but um, you know, you look at the, the teams that are the, the contenders right now, the Rams, the Chiefs, um, you know, they, they did not make any any acquisitions despite there being a little smoke around the, the possibility of them doing so. Um, and so that says to me that they are pretty comfortable with where they are eight weeks in and, um, you know, they're going to take their chances in terms of what they have in, in depth. Um, the Chiefs have lost some offensive of linemen. Uh, but they obviously feel like they've got what they need, or they could, you know, go out onto the the free agent market and pick up somebody if they if they had to here uh, here down the stretch.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting.
1: Um, I will say
0: that it did surprise me at first that the Lions traded Golden Tate, but then I remember head coach came from the Patriots general manager came from the Patriots. They're going to take their time to build the team that they want. And Mm -hmm. and the GM's already been active in the free agency this off season. And the Patriots always stockpile draft picks. It's what they've always done. And they always build through the draft and in free agency. And so the opportunity and plus Tate's contract is up at the end of the season. So, and he's 30. So necessarily getting him to resign at a reasonable rate, might not have been on the table. Mhm. Or at least, you know, a a rate that they felt was what they wanted to pay for him and something that he would accept. Right. So, if you can get a third-round draft pick, you know, there's plenty of third-round draft picks playing in the NFL. So, it it surprised me at first just because, you know, as we said, trades don't happen, uh, especially big-name players um at this point in the season, but it makes sense based on how I know the coach and the GM want to operate and that's stock mm-hmm. draft picks and filling gaps with free agent pickups. So not at all surprised. Um, plus, I mean, he's going to Philadelphia who while being four and four um, are still a good football team. Like, you know, they're not, they're not that far removed from, oh, say the Super Bowl. you know? So it'll be interesting to see how he fits in there. And then, obviously, Demaryius Thomas goes to the first place uh, Houston Texans. So, just another weapon for Deshaun Watson and that offense. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like those two teams are they're, – they're doubling down on winning now. Right. You know? And that would be a heck of a football game to watch in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. Texans-Eagles? Yeah. Could be fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd love to see JJ Watt on a stage like that. His motor would be I mean, he'd be at like 11 the whole game. All right. Yeah, he'd be
1: uh, he'd be ready.
0: Any uh what's your what's your biggest surprise in the NFL this year? Be it a team or a player.
1: I I think probably how uh Patrick Mahomes just just swept the league off its feet. Yeah. Um you know the, the Chiefs have at least two more primetime games. Um, I saw he was fourth in jersey sales to this point in the season. I mean, it's not just here in Kansas City. I I think they've the, the NFL has itself a, a star quarterback, and um, you know, Brady's at the end of his career. Uh, Manning's retired. Did we you know Russell Wilson probably kind of tail into his career um drew Brees, drew breeze at the tail end of his career eli manning yeah they needed some yeah
0: they're all they're all at the end of their
1: careers they needed some uh, exciting fresh new blood and um you know it's not to say that carson Wentz and jared goff aren't are bad quarterbacks but um if you're a 10 or 12 year old kid who's asking mom and dad for a jersey well, it's a lot more fun to run around the front yard emulating Pat Mahomes than it is Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. That's just where we are. So, yeah. I think that's it. I, I think that's it, probably. And um, you know, now the test becomes um, can the can the Chiefs make a run in the playoffs? And uh, and I think that that Monday night game here in a few weeks against uh, the Rams in Mexico City is going to be a. Uh, Heck of a game. Oh, they're playing at
0: Mexico City. I didn't realize that.
1: Yes, Azteca.
0: Yeah, man, Azteca, that's that's at altitude too, so that that be mm-hmm. thing to see.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, with LA and Kansas City both being as about as close to sea level as you can get. Right. Um so I think my biggest surprise and I mean it's like 1A and 1B is the Rams being 8-0 like I knew they were a good team and I knew that they had a lot of talent, but eight. No, in the NFL is incredibly hard. Uh, it's incredibly hard. And then I would say the chiefs at seven and one, like, and as you said that, that's, you know, Pat Mahomes just coming out of, not necessarily out of nowhere, but doing things, a rookie sh- shouldn't be able to do. Right. So, yeah, I would say those are my biggest surprises for sure. Um, all right, let's let's jump because we got to talk about college football and your NASCAR trip. So let's let's jump over to college football real quick. Um because we now have the first ever college football rankings for this season for the playoffs, I mean. And uh what are your what are your initial thoughts on
1: on the uh college football rankings? Uh I think they're pretty justified. Um you got Alabama LSU uh, Notre Dame and is who's the fourth I just had a it's Alabama Clemson LSU Notre Clemson Dame. yep yep uh, And Michigan sits at five and Notre Dame beat Michigan so I mean that, that's a clear direct win but um, the the, bin, the big Ten can do itself some favors this weekend in Evanston. If Northwestern can pull that upset uh, and it will open the door for the, uh, the Wolverines to slide in there. And then it's really, to me, a matter of them holding serve um, primarily against Ohio state. And then potentially um, against Northwestern in the big 10 championship. I mean, or Iowa or
0: Iowa who's, who's number 16
1: in the playoff. Yeah. Um, so, I think if, if you were, um, you know, to to put the odds on who the actual four will be, uh, I think you'd maybe swap Notre Dame and Michigan out. I, I have a hard time thinking that anyone past seven or eight is going to slide in there. There would have to be absolute mayhem these last four weeks for that to happen. Um, because... Yeah. Well, Alabama's Alabama's too good. Um, I, I guess they do. They do play LSU this weekend, but we've seen before. You, I, I think, if if LSU loses by even seven on Saturday, then I think they they're right there still.
0: I don't. I don't know how they.
1: Okay, so LSU's one loss is
0: to Florida, who's ranked 11, but they have that win over Georgia, who's ranked sixth. Michigan's only loss is to Notre Dame, and it was the first week, and it was by seven points. So the fact that LSU is ranked ahead of Notre Dame with one loss shows me because if you look at Notre Dame's schedule, there eight no four of their wins are by one score or less. Yeah, the other, the other four are total blowouts. Um, so it's it's not necessarily the strongest schedule, but like you said, they no they play. Northwestern in Evanston this weekend, and then they still have USC at the end of the year. So Notre Dame's got a hard road ahead of it. Uh, LSU LSU. and Alabama this weekend. I don't, if, if LSU loses, there's no way they're in the top four. I don't care if it's by a last second field goal. You can't have a two loss team in the top four when you have Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma, Washington state, Kentucky, and Ohio state all with one loss.
1: So I, I, I now I've, I've got it pulled up here, and I'm going to take back what I said two minutes ago. I think there's five teams that legitimately have a shot: Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, and Oklahoma. I, th- I think because you assume that Alabama's going to beat LSU, now that gives them two losses, yeah, and not a shot to play for the SEC title. Correct. Um, then if Georgia beats Kentucky this weekend, which that may not happen, um, Alabama Alabama either beats Georgia or Kentucky in the SEC title giving one of those teams their second loss. They're out yep. Um, so now you've you're down to Alabama Clemson um, and then yeah and then you have a combination of two spots between Notre Dame, Michigan and Oklahoma in my opinion, but Oklahoma still, has to play – I believe they still have to play West Virginia and, um, and Oklahoma State. Uh, so they've got – Oklahoma State's at home, but West Virginia's on the road. Okay, but they still have those two games left, plus a Big 12 title game. Yeah. Um, and, and then yeah, if chaos really occurs, you've got Washington State sitting there w- waiting um, – but Ohio State, you have to figure that that's a long shot because um you know, Michigan's favored in that game. And then your eleventh team is a two loss Florida team. Who won't so, be in the who won't be in the SEC championship game. Right. So yeah, I, I feel like there's you know, five with uh we'll put Washington State as an outlier. Um uh, but yeah, I would take uh an Alabama, Oklahoma semi, and a in a Clemson, Michigan semifinal for sure. Oh gosh, that'd be so stressful. So okay, here's here's a fun thought.
0: What mm-hmm. if what if LSU beats Alabama?
1: Uh, I think we've seen before that um, that that Alabama will still get in. They 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 didn't even win their division last year and made it in. So. I mean, that's that's been demonstrated before. Well, they won their
0: division. They didn't win the conference, right?
1: No, it was it was wasn't it Georgia and Auburn in the uh, SEC title game last year, and then Georgia won. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Auburn went to the con or the uh, the Peach Bowl, but yeah. Because then uh, Alabama was the fourth team and they played Clemson and
0: oh that's right In the, yeah 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 yep yep yep
1: so that's yeah back to me now so yeah uh, I don't I don't think it changes anything if Alabama loses on Saturday
0: I think it hurts everybody else if they lose
1: yeah for sure yep.
0: so yeah so this weekend we have got Alabama LSU Notre Dame Northwestern uh, Michigan Penn State um... and and Georgia
1: Kentucky. Yeah,
0: yeah, man. There's a lot that could go really good or really bad this weekend.
1: Yeah, it's a great time of year.
0: It I saw somewhere fun. like we've
1: got football on professional or NFL like every night through Thanksgiving night, or the day after the, the day after Thanksgiving. No, it's actually it's actually up until the day bef- the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. There's no game that night, but then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it, like restarts again. Oh, a great a great time of year. I had Toledo and Ball State on tonight before we started recording. Oh, been... that's gross. You just throw out the records when the Cardinals and Rockets get together. <laughs> yeah, well, I
0: guarantee you no records will be broken. All right, so an um, in, in interesting uh, real-time follow-up I had on our show notes that DJ Durkin got reinstated to Maryland yesterday
1: to uh, some yo- serious backlash from – do we have a breaking news uh like a breaking news sounder
0: um whoop, 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 whoop. no that's awful um and he got fired today, so he's been on paid leave since August eleventh He's been collecting a paycheck for the last two and a half months yeah w you know unable to do anything, so he's just been you know at home, who knows what he's been doing, but he's been raking in a massive paycheck. They brought him back yesterday after all of the investigations into the death of Jordan McNair um, were finalized and the president of the university announced that he uh, was reinstated and that the president was going to retire at the end of the school year in June. Huge backlash. Students are angry. Parents are angry. Players are angry. Boosters are angry. All this stuff. Uh, Turns out the board of regents essentially strong-armed the president into re- reinstating both Durkin and DAD and said if he, they didn't do that, he they would fire him. And obviously, you know, getting fired is worse than retiring, you know, for pension purposes and retirement and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, but then he came out today and said, you know what? No, coach is fired. And uh, the remaining time that I have at the university is going to be spent trying to figure out how this doesn't happen again essentially um and it's just like what a dumpster fire
1: yeah they they were pretty tone deaf and um and bringing him back i mean a it's a bad look b how do you recruit to that situation now yeah you don't no there was was an
0: interesting part of the article i read it said that um family friend of McNair Jordan, the, the uh, athlete that died, is a AAU coach in Baltimore. He's been an AAU coach for 20 years. Knows all the high school coaches. Knows, you know, about the basketball and, and football coaches all over the area. And he's like, if Durkin wants to come recruit here, he's not going to get talked to by a single kid right. in Baltimore. None of these kids want to play for him. And if you can't recruit Baltimore as the Maryland football coach, your program's dead
1: yeah it yeah it was shocking to me and then we we were actually out to dinner and I saw it on a t v uh in the restaurant that he he'd been fired and um yeah hopefully those uh trustees regents whatever they call them there uh take a long long hard look at things uh because uh they they're pretty much starting from from scratch at this point now yeah but at the same time uh, they now have an opportunity to bring in a coach that treats the kids with respect and, you know, um, obviously you, you have to work hard to be a division one athlete regardless of the sport, but, um, you know, they may, they might find quick, quick success. Um, they've got kids willing to work for them if they're treated right. And, um, and it may, may create an overnight culture change to a degree. Well, and they are five and two. so it's not like, right.
0: You know, but I mean, Durkin's record wasn't great and it's weird like he came from Michigan he worked he was a defensive coordinator for Michigan and then he left for the Maryland job and Michigan wound up getting Don Brown to come over from Boston College and we've had a top three defense every year that Don Brown's been here or been yep. in Michigan so it's like at it first, worked uh, out well yeah I was all proud of like oh look one of our guys is off being a head coach now but it's like I think he was a coach in Michigan for two years and it's like bro and I don't know like Like I don't know if it happened because he was like intentionally negligent or if he was unaware or what, but it's like you're the head coach. Everything that happens is your fault. Mm -hmm. That's just the cost of being a leader, right? Yes. Yeah, it's just you know what, just what a what a terrible like it was already an awful situation that a 19 year old died from
1: heat stroke. Yeah.
0: Which is 100% preventable. Absolutely.
1: Like, Especially in today's day. And I mean, yeah, there've there been things put in place to prevent that for, for a long time. And but yeah, it's like, just, so
0: you're, you're, you're trying to handle this terribly, you know, this terrible situation. And then you do it in the worst way. You bring the guy back and then fire him a day later. is just, yeah. like, Oh man. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't look good doesn't reflect well on anybody
1: no but
0: anyways uh on that super exciting note um why don't you tell us about uh your dad's first experience at nascar
1: oh it was uh, a great time beautiful sunday afternoon for a race and um it was won by the number nine Dodge. Was it a Dodge? i do not sure what he drives. No, because I don't think Dodges are in it anymore. Uh, the nine car Chase Elliott, uh, kind of an up-and-comer, fairly popular young driver. And it was a very, very fast race. We did not have a single wreck. And there was only one mm-hmm. caution that wasn't a and that was when a guy's engine blew up, so they got back to racing pretty quick, but it was like a two-hour and 40-minute race, and usually a NASCAR race will go three, three-and-a-half hours. Uh, so super fast, super loud, and, yeah, he, uh, he's ready to go back to race again. So uh, another satisfied customer. Did he bring ear protection? He did bring ear protection, and he, he was following the race, and, you know, there's a, there's a tote board, that'll show, you know, who's, who's ahead. And he knew there was a close, close race between um, Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch there toward the end. But um, he did ask when he took his earplugs out, you know, what was the name of the driver who won? So we saw some education, uh, you know, a little bit to go there, but uh, otherwise, yeah, had a, had a great time with the track, really impressed. Um by the, the merchandise haulers and just the the whole setup. So uh yeah, we're we're ready to go again in May. All right. Well, I'm glad you had fun. It was a good time. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for this episode. I believe so. Next time we talk, will uh college basketball be underway and um, the Michigan Wolverines will probably be sandbagging it before making their usual March run. Dude, I love I love the Michigan basketball team John John Beeline, man he is built it's kind of kind of back to where we started we started uh toward the end of basketball season now it's the end of basketball season we're starting to come full circle. Oh, I'm excited oh I'm excited all right dude yep until next time Peace. see you.